Who are the real people we consider our sages? Who were they in life? What is the legacy they left us? Join Rabbi Danny Saxton for the next hour as he explores the lives of our Torah giants, the spiritual geniuses who shaped the way we approach Judaism today. That's Focus on Our Sages right now on 101.9 High FM. Good afternoon and to Soul to Soul. It's wonderful to be with you on 101.9 High FM. And uh, today is the 10th of Elul. As we know, the month of Elul is a very important month in the Jewish calendar because it's the month of preparation. It's the month that gives us the opportunity to get ready before those awesome and holy days of judgment. And so we should use this time wisely, and that's going to be the theme of our talk today. But before we get there, today is the 10th of Elul, and uh, there's a very important, we, we do like to talk and to make reference in the show to the great sages in the history of the Jewish people. And on Shabbos, Shabbos is the 13th of Elul, it's the yacht site of the great and holy Benish Chai, Rav Chaim Yosef of Baghdad. Rav Chaim Yosef of Baghdad was born in the year 1834. He died in 1909. So it makes it, it's, uh, he's a hundred and, uh, and, uh, you know, 112th Yotzeit. <laughs> We're doing the maths slowly in my head. Um, so it's 112 years since the passing of the Benish Chai. And he was, uh, Rav Yosef Chaim of Baghdad, a fascinating and, um, incredible human being. His parents were childless for 10 years. And his mother then made the long journey from Baghdad to Morocco, and she got a blessing from the renowned Rav Yaakov Abu Khatsira. And uh, Rav Yaakov Abu Khatsira gave her a bracha that she should have a child who would one day illuminate the Jewish world with his Torah. And less than a year later, she gave birth to Yosef Chaim, and he grew up to be the famous Ben Ishchai. Both his father and grandfather had previously been the chief rabbi of Baghdad, and he inherited that position at the young age of 25 years old, and his son later succeeded him in that position. He became one of the great modern-day sages in the Jewish world, and till this day, uh, many of his rulings are followed very closely by Sfardi, Kahila Sfardi communities around the world. Uh, in Baghdad, he gave a famous three-hour drosha, a three-hour uh, sermon every Shabbos. He did that for over 50 years. I don't think it's uh, 112 years later. I don't think that would go down um, in our communities to give a three-hour sermon. Um, but that was the custom over there in Baghdad, and certainly it was worthwhile coming to hear Rav Yosef Chaim the Ben Ishchai. He authored many famous works. He, he authored... Uh, Commentaries called the Rav Pa'alim and Ben Yehuyada. He died when he was returning from a visit to Eretz Yisrael and is buried in Baghdad today. The Ben Ishchai, whose yacht site it is, this Shabbos, the 13th of Elul. This Shabbos also, Pashas, we read a Pashas Kiseitse. Um, we're in Sefer Devarim and we've been making lots of reference to Sefer Devarim. Uh, which is very appropriate in the days of Elul because the final words of Moshe Rabbeinu are really a, a great 
the guiding light to all of us as to what life is about, as to what we're doing in this world, as to how we should be living our lives. And the first pasuk, the first verse in, the, in this week's Sedra, and the, the Torah reading this week, is so moving and so powerful and gives us so much guidance about what we're doing in this world and what the work is for all of us, this Elul. The Pasha begins with the Pasuk, Ki When you go out to war against your enemies, And Hashem gives over that enemy, Hashem gives you victory and success in war, and you defeat that enemy, And you then have captives as a result of that war. So first and foremost, the Torah is telling us that a Jewish soldier was not like any other soldier. When there's war, when there's battle, when soldiers go out and defeat their enemies, so usually we see the consequences of that. The aftermath is complete pandemonium, is a free-for-all where the soldiers rape and pillage and help themselves to whatever they want. That is, of course... The history of warfare with very few exceptions um, in the long history of humankind. But the Jewish soldier is expected to be living on a higher level than that. The Jewish soldier is bound by the laws of God. And the Jewish soldier therefore has to display self-control and rises above his base urges and has to live according to the laws of the Torah. And this week's Pasha tells us what those laws are and what the parameters are, and what the limitations are, and what is allowed um, for a soldier at war. So that's what the Pasha begins out with, which is, is quite unbelievable. It's really an incredible revelation that the Torah demands of a soldier who's put his life on the line, who's really um, sacrificed so much and in absolute peril and danger going out to battle and war. And he, after the war, it doesn't, that doesn't give him the freedom to help himself, but he's bound by the strict moral code of the Torah. So that's the basic understanding and, and um, teaching from the beginning of the Pasha. But there's a, a very deep lesson here too that applies to all of us to this day, even if we are not soldiers in the army. And what is that? So the great and holy Nesivo Shalom, um, Nesivo Shalom was a great Hasidic Rebbe. He passed away um, just over 20 years ago. And one of the leaders of the Snodim Hasidic movement in um, the land of Israel, Eretz Israel, and he wrote a famous work called Nesiv Shalom, which means the Pathways of Peace. And his uh, uh, commentary on this verse is really powerful and genius. It's absolutely brilliant. And he starts out by asking three questions. The first one he says is, why does it the, the Torah use the word Kiseitza Lemilchama? It should say, Ki when you wage war against your enemy, not when you go out to wage war against your enemy. So why is it Ki Question number one. Question number two, it should say, Al Oyev, not Al Oyevecha, against your enemy. It's when you wage war against the enemy. Right? It doesn't have to emphasize the Torah, Oyevecha, your enemy. What's that emphasis of your enemy? And finally, the third question that he asks is that, why does the Torah tell us it should just say, the passage should say, when you go out to war against your enemy, and you've got captives 
as a result of being of the battle. Why does it say Hashem gave him over to your hand? So he said these three things tell us something very deep and very important about this verse. And he quotes the teaching of the Zohar. The Zohar is the classic work of Jewish mysticism. And the Zohar tells us that this is not only talking about a war when soldiers go out to battle, but this verse is also making reference to the war that every single one of us is engaged in. Every single Jew, a man and woman, has a battle, has a war against the Yetzirah, against the negative, evil inclination that is a part of our being, that is a part of our makeup. And this verse is telling us how to wage that war and how to be successful in that clash, in that battle, in that conflict with our lower self, with a part of our being that wants us to fail, that wants to sabotage us in every aspect and part of our life and of our living. Um, so, so, so we'll discuss in a moment uh, more details about um, this understanding that the Zohar, that the Kabbalistic sources tell us um, about this verse. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. We've been discussing the very powerful teaching of the Zohar HaKadosh, the classic work of Jewish mysticism, about the first work in word, first verse in the uh, Sedra that we read this Shabbos on Shabbos morning, and that it's not simply a commandment to a Jewish soldier, but to all of us. That all of us, every single one of us has been sent to this world. That's what the Kitzetzer, remember we said the word Kitzetzer is not necessary. The verse could just say, Ki telachem, telachem when you wage battle against your war, it says when you go out to battle against your war. So the Zohar says that going out, those words are making clear reference to the journey of the soul. When the soul leaves the world of souls, the eternal world, the world is beyond that is beyond time and space, and he's sent down into this world. That's a traumatic journey for the soul. To now be locked into this physical body. This body that is has a, a strong urge and desire for physical pleasure. In many different aspects that are available in this world. And you have we have this elevated godly eternal soul that is now locked into this body. And when we are sent into this, the soul sent into this body... So it has a, it has a challenge. It comes down into this world to fight a struggle against the lower self, against the, what we call the Yetzirah. And that is the purpose, and that is the function, and that is the um, reason why we are all here. The reason why our souls were sent into our bodies is in order, in order to um, wage war and struggle against the Yetzirah. That's the purpose of creation. That's the reason why we're here. As the great and holy Noam Elimelech, the great Hasidic Rebbe, Rebbe Elimelech of Lijensk said, Lo nivra bo'olam, rak that the reason why we were created, every single one of us, is in order to break our nature, 
to shatter our nature. The Vulna Goan says, the great Goan of Vulna, which most of us South Africans are descendants of, the, we all come from Lita, we, uh, our ancestors were in Lithuania. So the great Goan, who was the leader of Lithuanian Jewry, said that the reason in his Sefer Evan Shlema, the reason why we are here in this world is in order to struggle against the Yetzirah, in order to fight those inner battles against our lower self. The great Rebbe of Shlonim said that a person who has a day where they haven't fought and struggled and stood up to the Yetzirah is a wasted day, is a day where they haven't achieved anything, is a day when they haven't fulfilled what they were supposed to do in this world. So that is a a beautiful paradigm. It's a wonderful understanding of life that the Torah is sharing with us, that the Zohar, that the the Kabbalah, the Kabbalists are sharing with us. And that is, well, when I I say that, I mean Rabbi Shimba Yechai, the author of the Zohar. And that is that a human being is made up of two distinct parts. There's the body and there's the soul. The soul is eternal. The soul is pristine. The soul is a spark of eternity, a spark of, of God that's within every single one of us. That's our neshama, that's our soul. And that soul is engaged in an ongoing struggle with our physical side, with our physical being, with our physical body. And as long as we're alive and we're breathing, so those two are meshed into one, they're molded into us, that's who we are, and we have these two very clear parts of us, and they are constantly at loggerheads. And we, our role our goal, our purpose in this world is not to get maximum pleasure and have the best time we can and enjoy the world to the ultimate in physical terms. Our purpose in this world is to be engaged in that struggle and is to hopefully choose the side of the soul, choose the side of, side of eternity, choose our eternal being, our divine spark. Let that be dominant within us and overcome the strong pull of the body, of our material part of our being. And let that be subservient, the material part of our being, to the eternal part of our being, to the soul. That is the struggle that we are all involved in, that we're all engaged in. And it's such a wonderful understanding, a wonderful psychological understanding of life and of humanity, of human beings. And that is we have those two parts in us. And we, and, and we incredible beings, human beings, in that we can choose to be elevated and holy and live a noble life of self-control. Or we could choose to give in to our lower selves and be a sophisticated animal chasing after our physical desires constantly. And that's our constant struggle. And sometimes we, the soul wins and sometimes the body wins. And depending on which one is more dominant in our lives, so that defines how successful we've been in this world. Most of us are not conscious and aware of this inner struggle. And most of us are so easily seduced by the Yetzirah. We give in so quickly to the desires and to the temptations and to the seductions of the Yetzirah. And therefore, we're not engaged in the struggle at all. On the contrary, we are uh, dominated and 
controlled and overrun by the Yetzirah. And what the Zohar is telling us is that Kitzetzele Milchama, we are about Kitzetzele, when the soul is sent, Le Milchama to this world is to fight the struggle, to fight the struggle against Al Oivecha, against your enemy. So we said, why does it say Oivecha? The pastor could just have said Oyev, the enemy. It says Oivecha, your enemy. Because it's a personal enemy. Each and every one of us is unique. Each and every one of us is different. We all have our own strengths and our own weaknesses. We all have areas where we, um, the, the neshama can be strong and dominant. It's easier for us in those areas. And the areas where the neshama is weaker and the body is stronger. And no two people are the same. Everybody has their own unique battle and their own unique struggle. And that's what we're doing this on. That's why it says, Oy vecha, your enemy. When you go out into this world, your soul is sent to your body. It is to struggle against your enemy. It's to, it's to, it's to be engaged in that battle against your own particular unique, um, inclination, which is, uh, none two are the same. And we therefore have to, in our lives, prioritize. That's what Moses, Moshe Rabbein is teaching us. That's what the Zohar is teaching us. That we have to be aware that this is the purpose of our being. This is why we are here. We are in this world and the purpose of our life is to be engaged in this battle and struggle and to fight against this personal enemy. And if we are not aware of this and if we are not focused in this regard, so um, we could miss the whole boat. We could really miss the whole purpose of our being and of our existence, which is a great tragedy if we do so. And there are so many distractions and there's so much in this world that that um, diverts our attention to things that are irrelevant, to things that have no real eternal value, to things that are just a distraction. And unless we are focused and we understand this, we with the teaching of the Torah, we equipped with the great understanding of what life is about. Isn't, that's the greatest gift. There's nothing like the Gemara says, Ein Simcha and Kataras There's no joy like resolving doubts. The, the, most of the world has got no clue what we're doing here. Most of the world doesn't understand what life is about and the purpose of our existence is and why God created us. But we as Jews have that great um, gift and that great advantage of the teachings of the Torah. And the Torah explains very clearly, like we're talking about now, why we are here. We are here, Kitetze, our soul is sent to this body to fight that struggle against the Torah. And don't think of a fight and a struggle as being negative. It's not a negative thing. It's it's the purpose of our being. It's a wonderful thing that we, we you know if a person stays at home and doesn't face society and humanity, they won't achieve anything. They'll you know they'll waste the way. Life is about struggles and about facing um, challenges. And when we succeed in those challenges, so then we've achieved something. Then we've achieved our purpose of existence. And when we don't succeed, so you know unfortunately we miss the boat. And even you can have a person who is spiritually connected and aware, a person who it says, for example, is, is observant of the mitzvahs. That's the beginning, of course, to observe God's commandments. But even within that, a person could still miss the point. A person could still miss fighting against the Yetzirah, fighting against our lower self and our lower being, and not being able to um, succeed and win and make progress in those struggles and in those battles. And we could come to the other side, to the next world. And Hashem's going to say to every single one of us, nobody, not one human being can avoid this, that when we leave this world, this beautiful world, 
and we meet our Creator, we're going to be asked, the Torah teaches us this, we're going to be asked, did you achieve what you were supposed to in this world? Did you achieve the objectives for which you were sent down to this world? Uh, you went out, you were sent to go out in and struggle with your enemy, with your inclination. Did you engage in that struggle? And did you succeed in that struggle? And unfortunately, that's going to be a, a question we're all going to have to answer at the end of this journey, at the end of this lifetime. And if we haven't done the job, if we haven't engaged in that struggle, we haven't been aware and detected those inner battles and those inner parts of our personality that want to pull us down and want to um, uh, constantly lead us into uh, this material world, a, a single dimensional, dimensional focus of the material world and not um, rising above that and seeing a bigger picture and building ourselves spiritually, so then it's going to be an unpleasant experience for us on the other side. And that's what we don't want that. That's going to be difficult for us to deal with and to endure. And, of course, we want to have achieved what we're supposed to. It's like, for example, a good uh, way to describe this would be a person who goes on a business trip. A person who goes on the, the company, the corporation sends him to go and sign a deal. This guy's going to London to sign a deal. And he arrives in London and he's staying at a five-star hotel and he has the company credit card. So he he goes to the best hotel, the best uh, restaurants, and he goes to the best shows. And he has a great time of his uh, business trip in London. He comes back and the, his boss says to him, okay, I see, you know, you're in London and, uh, you know, you had a good time over there, but did you sign the deal? Did you make the sale? And they say, you know what, I was so distracted. I was so taken up by the, the cultural life in London that I didn't sign the deal. Unfortunately, this guy won't keep his job very long. He's failed in his mission. So Hashem's going to say the same thing to us. Did you sign the deal? Did you engage in that struggle against the Yetzirah? Did you overcome your lower self? And did you develop self-control and not give in to your physical desires whenever they presented themselves and not give in to your anger when you were upset and not give in to your lower self constantly being narcissistic and self-centered and and uh, self-serving? Were you able to rise above that and build relationships with your fellow human beings? Say no to your lower self. Build a relationship with God. Were you able to do that in your life? And unfortunately, even uh, 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 no matter what uh, we leave behind for our um, descendants, no matter how wealthy we are, if we haven't done that job, we've missed the boat. We've given into the distract distractions and diversions, and we haven't achieved the mission and the purpose of our creation. So the first passage of this week's passage very powerfully tells us um, why we're here, what we're doing, the soul was sent in order to be dominant and overcome the lower part of the body. That's our mission and our purpose in this world. And the only way to succeed in this mission, the only way to achieve those objectives is with what we call serious nefesh, with self-sacrifice. We have to do the, we have to work hard. You know, somebody who wants to achieve in their career, they can't do so by, you know, having a good time and chilling out all the time and not putting their foot to the ground. We have to apply ourselves and we have to enter into that battle and that struggle um, with courage and with commitment. And that's how we achieve what we need to achieve. 
And the, we always read this Pasha this month in Elul because as Rosh Hashanah presents itself, is around the corner, we're being judged on this mission. The judgment on Rosh Hashanah is, are you switched on? But in fact, there's two aspects to the judgment of Rosh Hashanah. The one aspect is, are you fitting into the overall purpose of creation? Are you contributing to that, to the purpose for which God created the world? And that's a general judgment. And that's the first day. And the second day, we're being judged on our own personal achievements. Are we fighting our own personal struggle? Are we engaged with that battle against Oivecha, against your enemy? Do, are we making progress in terms of our spiritual development, which means overcoming the lower self and giving dominance and giving a voice to and giving, uh, paying attention to the soul? How are you doing in that department? That's, that's the primary judgment of Rosh Hashanah. So before Rosh Hashanah comes, we read this parsha and we, uh, are made aware of the relevance and importance of the mission, of understanding the mission of a human being in this world. And, um, there's a, the Siva Shalom says another beautiful thing. He says, it says, Kisaitse, when you go out, it refers to the soul coming down into this world, going out from the world of souls and coming to this world, but it also refers to an individual going out of our comfort zone. In order to succeed in the spiritual struggle and battle, we need to be able to move beyond our comfort zone. If we just want to be comfortable and easy and chilling all the time, so we're not going to achieve the objectives that are required. We need to be able to in, be engaged in this battle. As the, the Rambam says that when a soldier goes to war, so he can't be, you know, looking for creature comforts. He has to put himself on the line and face the danger of confronting the enemy. Likewise, spiritually, we need to go out of ourselves, go out of our comfort zones and face our lower self and overcome um, the, you know, the, the discomfort of not and, and the inconvenience of not following our pleasures constantly, but rather living by a higher moral co- code and being able to refuse those pleasures and resist those pleasures that are very powerful and very overwhelming. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. In order to succeed in the spiritual journey we are all on, the spiritual mission for which God created us, so there's a further hint in this verse, in this first pasuk of this week's parasha, and it says, Ki when you go out. So the hint over there is the Torah is telling us, Moses is telling us, Rabbi Shun from the Zohar is telling us, is that in order to win this struggle, to in order to defeat the Yetzirah, we need to go out. We can't be passive. We need to be active. Ki means go out. We can't wait for it to come to us and then expect to defeat the Yetzirah when we're in the eye of the storm, when the full-blown Yetzirah is, is upon us, because then it's very difficult to do so. We need to preempt it. We need to go out to it. And that's in contrast. The Torah tells of the Yavu Amalek, if you stay passive, Amalek will come to you. And when Amalek, Amalek comes to you, it, it says, Amalek, Im Yisrael, 
Amalek attacked us in Rafidim when we were weak. The Yetzirah will prey upon us when we're vulnerable and weak. But when we go out, when we attack it and we proact it, then Hashem will give you success and you will overcome it and defeat it. That's a very powerful, important lesson in life. And that's telling us, it really is, it's a beautiful teaching. Um, I heard this from Rabbi Elephant at the teaching of Rabbi Itzla Peterberger. Rabbi Itzla Peterberger um, was one of the great Talmuding of Rabbi Yisrael Salanta. Rabbi Yisrael, of course, the father of the Muslim movement. And we as Litvaks, as descendants from people from Lithuania, the Muslim movement transformed Lithuania and changed their whole approach to serving Hashem and really opened up the depths of understanding and of um, subtlety in, in observance of the mitzvahs. Ritzler says a very powerful thing in his introduction to Or Yisrael, in his introduction to his Rebbe Yisrael's famous Sefer Or Yisrael. He says that if we want to stand up to these tests that will be upon us. Now, there's no question the Yetzirah, our lower self, is always going to be testing us constantly. Every single day of our lives, we have these inner battles and struggles. Do I listen to my lower self? Do I listen to my animal instincts? Or can I rise above them and make a choice in terms of my behavior based on the higher moral code of the Torah? In other words, what does God want of me in this situation? Does God want me just to react with my instincts and follow my desires and passions and drives? Or does God want me to have self-control and to live in an elevated way and to make an informed decision in terms of my behavior and in terms of how I'm going to conduct myself. That's the struggle that we all face all the time. But if we leave it to the, the ordeal itself, if we wait and only try and resist those uh, seductions and temptations in the heat of the moment, that's going to be very difficult to do. Ravitzla Peterberger says we have to prepare ourselves beforehand. We have to fortify ourselves so when that moment comes, we'll have the ability, we'll have the strength, we'll have the understanding, we'll have the vision to turn it down and to refuse it. That's the battle and that's the struggle, is to do the work beforehand, not in the heat of the moment. Because he says if you're waiting for the heat of the moment, it's very difficult to fight it then. It's very difficult to resist it then. And usually it will be too late. But if you've done the work beforehand and you've and we've prepared ourselves and fortified ourselves, so then we have a chance to overcome it when the battle is raging, when it's in the heat of the moment. So maybe I, I, I'll I thought of two examples that illustrate this point um, from our modern day. The one is COVID. We've all been through this terrible pandemic. It's been a... a a, a, a very challenging time for all of humanity these last 18 months. And unfortunately, we've seen many people die, many people ill, so much suffering and hardship, many psychological um, consequences we are seeing from the pandemic and from the lockdowns. Um, we've seen many um, people that are, are struggling financially. The financial consequences have been immense and have been uh, devastating for so many people around the world. So let's look at COVID. Now let's say there's a person who hasn't looked after themselves, who's let themselves go, and as one gets older, I've just turned 50 this year, 
So, you know, the, one's body changes and one's, you know, uh, strength of one's youth begins to wane. And as one gets older, one has to put even more time into ensuring that one is healthy and we have to eat the right foods and we have to do exercise and ensure that our body is physically healthy and strong and has the ability to deal with illnesses, to deal with viruses that may attack the body. So if a person um, was not responsible and didn't look after their body and they allowed themselves, they, they let it go and they over very overweight, obese, and they um, are in bad habits of eating unhealthy foods. So then if the, unfortunately, if such a person got COVID, so often they would suffer terribly and they would be at great risk. And uh, we know from the incredible work that Hatsola have done and uh, their wellness program, so they have certain individuals that are high-risk individuals and they have a whole profile that would place a person in, in this category. So very often if a person hasn't worked on themselves and they're getting older, they, they would be high risk. So when the virus hits and if God forbid they got COVID, they would be in, in trouble and it would be too late for them then to say, okay, you know what, let me start uh, changing my lifestyle and having healthier habits and start looking after myself. It's already too late. The, the, the virus then would do great damage to them and perhaps put them immortal danger. So the time to do the work is before the virus hits. That before a person gets the virus, they need to have looked after themselves and protect themselves and be healthy and strong. I mean, obviously, we know it's not always the case. And unfortunately, many healthy people without any comorbidities were um, affected very severely and even died from COVID and especially the most recent Delta strain. But nonetheless, the time to look after oneself is before the virus hits is before we're in the eye of the storm. A similar example could be we see now with the fall of Afghanistan to the Taliban, which is a great tragedy for the whole world. And now it's late, you know, for Biden to say, okay, we're going to send in more troops and we're going to try and, and get our uh, citizens, the 10,000 American citizens that are still stuck in Afghanistan, that's too late. So they should have beforehand ensured, even if they were removing most of their forces, the United States should have made sure that they supported the Afghan army and still gave them the air power they needed to hold back the Taliban. But unfortunately, President Biden said, we're going to stop everything, even the, uh, you know, a few troops on the ground that would call in the ordinances for the Air Force to keep the, uh, the, the Taliban back. They removed all support for the Afghan army. So the obvious, you know, for the administration to say, well, you know, we, we're surprised by this. It's very obvious once they stopped the air support that the, the Taliban would over would overcome the Afghan forces. Um, that's very clear, and that's what's happened. So it's too late now to try and 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 send in troops and save the Americans. It's, it's it should have been done beforehand when um, they were in the country and and and, and had a a stronger force that was. Um, maintaining their basis. So those are just two examples that the, it's too late to deal with the Yates of Horror at the last minute. One has to prepare beforehand and then one's ready. That's what it's saying. It says you've got to go out to battle. You can't be passive, but you have to be active and proactive. Listen to Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM.
in conclusion, we've been talking about the magnificent teaching of the Torah that a human being is made up of two parts, of body and soul, and there's a constant struggle between those two aspects of a human being. And the first verse in Zulis Pasha is telling us very clearly, where our soul is sent into our body and we are engaged in the struggle. And that's the mission that all of us have in this world. The Torah and the mitzvahs are a framework within which to overcome our lower selves and access the higher part of our being, our soul, let the soul be dominant and be in control of the body. And we've said that it's Kitesa, you've got to go out. You've got to go out and fight this battle and not be passive and wait for it to come to us because it's going to be there. For sure it's going to come. Those struggles and those challenges and those ordeals are a part of life and are a very real part of life. And uh, sometimes they, they're overwhelming like a hurricane and sometimes they're a light breeze and they, it's easier to deal with, but they are there constantly. And we need to be ready for them and we need to fortify ourselves, make ourselves healthy, ensure that we are strong, make sure that our air power is there and ready to be called in when we need to defeat our enemy. Um, as it says, the beautiful teaching in Pirike Avos, Ezu Chacham, who is the wise person? The one who sees what the consequences are going to be, what the results of the circumstance and situation are. And that's actually what the Rambam says. The Rambam says in Hilchus Tshuva, he says that in order for it to be a Tshuva Gamora, as we know, there are three steps of Tshuva, three steps of repentance. First one is that we, Vidui, uh, it is the confession, we say what we did wrong, it's between us and Hashem, nobody else. Second one is that we have true remorse, true Harota. We feel true remorse for what we've done and how we've not fulfilled our divine mission in this world and given into Allah ourselves. And finally is the Kabbalah, is we accept upon ourselves not to do that again. So the Rambam says a real, the true truva is when the Kabbalah, when we, Yodeh Talumois, which is Hashem, the one who knows the secrets, knows that we're genuine. That's when it's real truth. Hashem knows it's genuine. And Hashem knows that we won't do it again. If exactly the same situation presents itself, we will resist and we won't give into it. So the Yodea Talumas knows, Hashem knows that we're genuine when we do this work before it comes. When we do this work, this inner work of understanding what we're doing and knowing why we're here and understanding our weaknesses and that we're vulnerable in this particular area. And if that happens, we'll be able to defend it in this way. We have to see that. And the real way to achieve that and to do that is to learn Musa. To learn Musa, to learn Chassidus. By learning about life and learning about what we're doing and learning about the inner workings of a human being, we prepare ourselves for those moments when the onslaught comes, when we're in the eye of the storm, when it's in the heat of the moment, and then we're able to resist it because we're ready for it. If we're not ready, so usually we will be defeated and the Yet Sahara will take control. And when that happens, that leads to all sorts of disasters and calamities in our lives, both in this world and the next world. And so please God, we should all be engaged in the struggle. We should all be successful in preparing ourselves for the big battles that may come our way. And please God, achieve our purpose. We should all enjoy. Hashem will give us victory and strength. And we will all live successful spiritual lives. And please God, it should be a year, a positive, wonderful year for all of us. Um, as the days of judgment arrive. Thank you so much for listening. Wishing everybody a ksiva chasimatoiba.